Thank you for checking out our sermon here at New Grace. We are excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. It is our prayer that it is a blessing to you. We just want to make you aware of a couple things before we get to the message. First, we would love to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook at New Grace BC. Also, be sure to check out our website, reachingroanoke.com. There, you can find out more about who we are and where we are going as a church. Again, thank you for checking out our sermon here at New Grace. Please let us know of any questions you may have or any way that we can help you and your family. Enjoy the message. So last week we began a series, uh, Prayer That Works. And we began looking at the prayer, how to pray like a righteous man and how we can have a prayer life that is effective and, and it feels like we're getting something done. And oftentimes, one of the main reasons we as believers don't pray is we don't feel our prayers are effective. Now, we all know what the Bible teaches. We believe that prayer works. We believe that God hears and answers prayers. We know the stories in the Bible. We hear stories about other believers all across the uh, history about how they have prayed and their prayers haven't gotten answered. Of course, one of my most uh, favorite stories about prayer is uh, George Mueller. Of course, he ran orphanages in London, and uh, he never asked anyone for outside help. He never petitioned churches for money. He never went to the government for money. He just he felt this was God's calling on his life, and he felt since God had called him to it, God would provide for him. And one morning he wakes up and the kids come out and they have nothing to eat for breakfast. They have no milk. They have no bread. And so the kids are kind of hungry. The staff's like, we don't know what we're going to do. So George Mueller said, well, let's just pray. And so he, he leads everyone in prayer and thanks God for the meal that they don't have. Well, after they're done praying, there's a knock on the door and they go to the door and open the door. And there's a man out there and says, I'm a milk delivery man and my cart broke down. This milk's going to spill. Can you use it? And, of course, they took the milk in, and so they're thanking God for the milk. And all of a sudden, there's another knock at the door, and a go answer the door, and here's a, a bread delivery man. His cart broke down, and he couldn't get with it, use the bread, so he gave it to the orphanage as well. Now, I don't know if that's true where people are just preaching, but I heard that story. And it is true that George Mueller never asked for help, but God always met their needs. And when you, when you live like that and you pray like that, you do see some amazing answers to prayer. And we hear these stories and we're enthralled by these stories, but then we, we look at our life and we're like, but I don't have a milkman knocking on my door to give me free milk. I don't got the bread guy coming by to give me free bread. I got the bill collectors coming by, but I don't got anybody else coming by. How come I don't have my prayers answered like that? And so we, we get discouraged and we feel like, What's the point? And so we don't pray. And so as we've been looking at, and then we're going to look at it for the next several weeks, uh, there's a story I heard. Uh, again, it was in a sermon. So I don't know if it's true or if it's just preaching. But there was this Welsh woman, this elderly woman who had saved up for a very long time and saved some money and had worked with the electric company to have electricity run to her house. It was a very remote house, very remote farm, and so they had electricity run there. And once it was finally done, the electric company started to notice that she wasn't using any electricity, much electricity, if any at all. So they thought after a while like, that there must be a problem. So they sent a guy out to check the house, and he checked the connections, and everything was hooked up, and he, he read the meter, and it, she had used hardly any electricity in the several months that she'd had her electricity hooked up. So he goes, he knocks on the door, he goes, ma'am, you know, is there, is, there, is there a problem? 
with your electricity, the lines are run and the meter seems to be working, is, is there an issue with your electricity? She goes, no, no, there's no problem. He said, well, do you, have, do you understand how to use the electricity? She goes, oh, yeah, I know how to use it. Every night when it gets dark, we turn the lights on so we can see to light our lamps and we turn them back off again. That's how she used her electricity. She went to a lot of trouble. She went to a lot of expense to have electricity run to her house. But she didn't understand the potential of the electricity in her home, so she used it sparingly. She believed in the electric company. She believed in the power that the electric company provided. She believed in the promises of the electric company, but she didn't use them to their full potential. There are a lot of people who we use prayer the same way. We believe in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. We know the promises of God and we believe them. We've even read and heard stories about answered prayers, but we use prayer sparingly. Because what happens is many believers, they don't understand how prayer truly works. And a lot of people, if we're honest, they don't believe that it matters if we pray or not. So why bother? God's sovereign. God's going to do what God's going to do. God's going to provide because he said he would. So since God's going to do what he wants to do and God's sovereign anyway and God's going to got his plan in place and we can't really affect it, why bother praying? Or they look at prayer as a last resort. Kind of a, something to try when you've tried everything else. A, a Hail Mary pass at the end of the game to hope to get a touchdown to win. So they pray very little, and they throw up an occasional appeals, but in their hearts, they don't believe that prayer is making a big impact on anything they decide to do on a daily basis. But when you read Scripture, that's not how the believers in the Old Testament and New Testament prayed. That's not how David prayed. That's not how Abraham prayed. That's not how Moses prayed. We're going to look at Daniel, and that's not how Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed three times a day. No matter what was going on in his life, no matter what was going on in society, no matter if it was against the law or not, three times a day, Daniel would go to his prayer closet where he prayed, and he would pray. He prayed in the lion's den. Daniel was a man of prayer. He prayed for wisdom. He prayed for guidance. He prayed that God would forgive the sins of his people and return them to their home. One time, Daniel was troubled by a vision, and he prayed for 21 days straight for God to answer his prayer. Now, most of us, we, we have a hard time praying 21 days for anything. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus teaches a parable to address this problem. So look at Luke 18, verse number 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So Luke tells us why Jesus is teaching this parable. He's not, you know, many times Jesus would teach a parable, and after he had taught the parable, the apostles would have a little bit of private time with him, and they would say, what are you trying to teach in this? What's the point of this? And so he would go through it. But Luke, he's already understood the reason of it. He goes, hey, there was one day Jesus was teaching, and he taught this parable to show the importance that men should always pray and not faint in their prayers. 
Look at verse number 2, saying, <coughs> There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Now this, to me, it's, a, it's an incredible story that Jesus tells, and it's, it's a little bit odd to be quite honest. So there's, there's a widow in, in a certain city. We don't know what city she's in. It's unimportant. But there's a widow in this city, and she has a problem with someone else in the city. They have mistreated her. Maybe they've cheated her out of some money. Maybe they've abused her. We don't know what the issue is. It's not important to the story what the problem is. The only thing we need to understand is the issue was important to this widow. It is so important to her that she decides to take her matter to a local judge. And Jesus says, this is a man who didn't care about anybody but himself. He didn't fear God. He didn't care about other people. He was a selfish, self-centered, unjust, wicked judge. And the widow, she, she comes to this unjust judge and she asks for his help. But the judge refuses to hear her. But that doesn't deter this widow. She kept coming back again and again and again and again and again and again until the judge finally heard her case. Finally, after a long and we don't know how long, but after a while, this unjust judge finally gives in and gives her what, he, what she wants. Now the problem I have with this is this teaches almost that if you nag someone enough, they'll do what you want them to do. And April loves that lesson. And so I don't like that. That's not what the Bible's teaching, folks. But, it, it, but so this unjust judge gives in. And, and the judge says it's not because that he's a just judge. It's not because this widow is worthy. It's not because he cares about her issue. It's because she annoyed him. It's because she bugged him. Day after day after day after day after day, she came to him until it got to the point he said, I've got to do something to help this woman so she will leave me alone. Now that's an odd story to me because in this parable, the judge represents God. And the judge doesn't come off in the greatest light. He's not a good guy. He's not an honorable guy. He's a selfish jerk who just does what this woman wants, so she'll shut up and leave him alone. So this parable is taught by Jesus for a specific reason. He, he even said, Luke even said that this parable teaches us that we should always pray and not give up. But why? Why should we always pray? And not give up. Is God deaf? Do we need to pray constantly to get his attention? 
Do we, like this woman, have to keep bothering him until he throws his hands up in frustration and says, if I don't answer their prayer, they're never going to leave me alone? Of course not. That's not how God operates. That's not how God is. That isn't his character. See, the Bible tells us God wants to hear our prayers. God wants us to come to him in prayer. God wants us to cast all our care upon him. God wants us to pour our complaint out to him. God wants to hear from his children. So what's the lesson Jesus is teaching then? Why is it necessary that we continue in prayer and faint not until we get an answer? The book of Daniel tells us the same thing and I believe reveals the truth that Jesus is trying to teach. So look in your Bibles in Daniel chapter 10, start in verse number 1. Daniel chapter 10, start in verse number 1. Go back. Can't read it anyway. Daniel 10, verse number 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, three whole, until three whole weeks were fulfilled. And the four and twentieth day on the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hindakul, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man, clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fire, uh, with fine gold of Upaz. His body also was like beryl, and his face as the appearing of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color of polished brass, and the voice of his words were like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision. But a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves." Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground, and behold, a hand touched me, which was set upon my knee and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee. And stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. One in twenty days below Michael, One of the chief princes came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So the story here, Daniel has a vision. He understands the concept of the vision. He understands what God's doing, but he's still bothered by it. He still wants kind of more clarification or God to really reveal a little bit more what's going on. We don't know exactly what he prays, but we know this vision bothered Daniel so much that he goes to the Lord in prayer. And he begins to pray to God to comfort him, to give him wisdom, to give him guidance. But he doesn't just kneel down and say, oh God, that vision bothered me. Please reveal it to me. Please comfort me. Please guide me, whatever. Amen. And they go on about his business. 
he prays to God the same prayer for three weeks straight. For 21 days. After 21 days, Gabriel comes to Daniel. And he says, hey Daniel, I just want you to know, the very first day you prayed, God heard and answered your prayer. He sent me to tell you. As soon as Daniel prayed, God heard it. As soon as Daniel prayed, God answered his prayer. So every time we pray, not only is God glad to hear our prayers, but every time we pray, God hears our prayers and sends an answer to our prayers. But that still doesn't really answer the question. If we pray, and as soon as we pray, God hears and sends an answer, why do we got to pray continually? I believe Daniel tells us why. Here's one reason. Number one, prayer unleashes the power of heaven. Prayer unleashes the power of heaven. Look again at verse number 12. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for the first, from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come from thy word, for thy, from, for thy words. From the very first day Daniel prayed, his prayer was heard, and an answer was sent. But God didn't just send an answer. God sent an angel to answer Daniel's prayer. This is one of the times in Scripture where God kind of pulls back the curtain and lets us see what's going on behind the scenes in heaven. You know, I don't, I don't like magicians because I know they're fake. I know there's no such thing as real magic and it's all just illusion, but I love watching how uh, magicians will reveal how they do tricks. I like that. There's a show about by Penn and Teller who they, they try to f figure out how magicians do their tricks and they kind of reveal that's done. And I love looking at where they pull back the curtain and say, oh, it's just a sleight of hand or it's just an optical illusion or it's just this here. And so we get, I love seeing how things are done behind the scenes. And so God right now, he has pulled back the curtain and he is allowing us to see what happens in heaven when we pray. And when we pray, incredible things happen in heaven. You know, I think sometimes we think when we pray, our prayers kind of go to a heavenly inbox. And maybe sometimes it goes to spam. But it goes to a heavenly inbox where God, he's busy. Maybe our prayers aren't as important as someone else's to God. So God kind of puts our prayers on a pile and well, I'll get to their prayer when I get to their prayer. But that's how it happens. As soon as we pray, God hears our prayer and heaven goes into action. See, to me, that is incredible. When we, we unleash heaven's power with our prayers. Girls, hey, Alexis. We unleash the power of heaven with our prayers. Do you know what that means? What situation in your life could you have victory over with heaven on your side? What sin could you conquer with the power of heaven on your side? What loved one could be saved because heaven's power was unleashed on them? 
What struggle could you have victory over with the power of heaven on your side? Every time you pray, the power of heaven is unleashed into your situation, is unleashed into your your problem. Whatever you're dealing with, God's power is put into your life and put into your problem when we pray. But that's not all that happens. Second thing that happens is prayer battles the forces of darkness. Look at verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, that's Satan. So he's talking about Satan here. So he says, but, but Satan withstood me one in 20 days. But though Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So when Daniel prayed, heaven went into action, and answer was sent. And look, here's the thing. Whenever you pray, heaven always springs into action. The answer is always sit, but the answer may be no. Now, we don't like that sometimes. But you pray, God hears immediately. God's heaven springs into action, the power is unleashed, and God may send the answer and say, I heard you, no. And we have to trust God in that. And that's a lot of believers, I understand, struggle with that. We struggle with trusting God when we don't get what we think we need. Not what we want. You know, I don't believe any believer really has an issue with God when they pray, God, help me win the lottery, and they don't win the lottery. I think, like, oh, well, that's just God's will. But when we have something that we think we really need, what do you do when you, when you pray for God to heal your spouse? And God says no. That's hard. But we have to trust God. We have to trust that God heard our prayer and sent his power into that situation to comfort us when he didn't give us what he wanted. But so we pray, God hears our prayers, heaven springs into action, the power of heaven is unleashed, and demonic forces begin to fight the answer from getting to you. That's why sometimes we feel as if we are struggling getting our prayers answered, because we're not struggling getting our prayers answered, but Satan wants us to feel like we are. Satan wants to discourage you. He wants you to feel like God doesn't care. So he may, you, God may send the answer and Satan may hide it from you where you can't see what God's really doing. Or God says no and Satan kind of plants a root of bitterness in your heart. So you think, well, God just doesn't care. God's not answering anyway. We are battling the forces of darkness. We are fighting the demons of Satan so that we, because Satan wants us to quit praying before the answer arrives. He wants to defeat us. He wants to discourage us. He wants us to keep thinking that God doesn't care and God doesn't answer our prayers. That's why Jesus said continuing in our prayers is so important because we are battling the forces of darkness. Daniel prayed for 21 days, but God sent the answer on day one. He didn't get the answer for 21 days, but God answered right away. What if Daniel had given up on day five? What if Daniel had given up on day 10? What if on day 15, Daniel said, that's not working? What if on day 20? And look, if someone prayed for 20 days straight for something, we think, man, they're a pretty good Christian. They're better than most of us. But what if Daniel on day 20 gave up? Would God had still sent the answer? Would the angel have still arrived? Now, the Bible doesn't say, but the implication is no. 
He wouldn't have. Daniel would have missed this visit from Gabriel had he given up. So Jesus says we need to be a people who pray always and not give up. But not because God is hard of hearing. Not because we need to pester God into answering our requests. Not because God doesn't want to answer us. We are to pray and not give up because when we pray, our prayers carry weight. Every time we pray, we unleash more and more power from the throne of God to battle the forces of darkness that are trying to discourage us and dissuade us and keep us from praying to God. Every prayer you lift up to God's thrones brings God's power to bear on difficult people and difficult situations. See, prayer is not a passive act on our part. Prayer is an aggressive, active ministry. You are putting your shoulder to the wheel and moving the forces of heaven. One man described his prayers this way. He said, when I pray, I push. When everything seems to go wrong, I just push. When the job gets me down, I just push. When the people don't react the way I think they should, I just push. When my money looks funny and the bills are due, I just push. When I want to curse people out for whatever reason, I just push. When people don't understand me, I just push. I pray until something happens. It can be very discouraging when we pray and we feel like God doesn't answer or God doesn't care. But we have to keep praying. We have to keep pushing through. Because as soon as you pray, God hears you. God answers you. He unleashes the powers of heaven on your situation. He sends the powers of heaven to to bear on whatever you're dealing with. But you've got to understand, as soon as you pray, not only does God jump into action, but so does the enemy. And he wants to discourage you. He wants to whisper in your ear, God's not going to answer you. You're not important to God. He's He's got bigger things to worry about. He's got more important people to worry about. Your little problem, why even bothering him? So we are to pray and faint not. So as you use your prayer journals this month, and if you didn't get one, there's some down here, there's some in the foyer there. Pick up your prayer journal. But as you use your prayer journals, uh, uh, don't just pray on something once or twice. See, a lot of prayers, we can pray and God answers right away. The other day, Parker was coming home uh, from from church with April. And uh, he's a lot like his father. He ran a red light. He got pulled over. Cop was mad. Kind of a jerk to him. Kind of fussed at him. Kind of fussed at April because she should have been paying more attention, I guess. I don't know. But April said he was kind of a jerk. But he eventually gave Parker a warning. Say, why did he do that? Because Parker didn't know this, but I was at home and I'm getting a text from April because she is just flipping out. That Parker got pulled over and this cop's being jerk. So what I did was I just prayed and said, God, I wish you would just show mercy. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen if he gets a ticket for running a red light with his learners. He already needs his license or an Uber account because I'm sick of driving him around. And so, Lord, just I wish you would show him some mercy. And the cop came back and he gave him a warning instead of a ticket. 
Sometimes you pray and bam, immediately answers come. But sometimes you have to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Why? Because God's not listening to you? Because God doesn't care? No. Because the enemy knows when you get that answer, it's going to strengthen your faith. It's going to draw you closer to God. It's going to help you be a better witness. So he fights you. So don't give up until the answer comes. And you'll know when the answer comes, whether the answer is yes or no. You'll know when the answer comes. George Mueller, of course, I spoke about him earlier. He was known for his powerful prayer. Here's another story. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but it's, it sounds good. Amen? So in the course of his ministry to the orphans of England, he never asked for financial assistance uh, from anybody except for God. And he was constantly receiving everything he needed down to the penny. Once, he was on his, week, on his way to Quebec to speak at an engagement, and he's on the deck of the ship that was going to carry him to his destination, and he, he told the captain that he needed to be in Quebec by Saturday afternoon. The captain looked at him and said, uh, that's impossible. This fog is too dense. We'll never get you there in time. So George replied, well, my eye is not on the density of the fog, but my eye is on the living God who controls every circumstance in life. He said, I've never broken an engagement in 57 years, so let's go down into the chart room and pray. So him and the captain go to the chart room, and he knelt down and he prayed. What the captain said was one of the simplest prayers he'd ever heard. When he had finished, the captain was going to pray, but George Mueller put his hand on his shoulder and said, you don't need to pray. As you don't believe that God will answer, and I believe that he already has, so there's no need for you to pray about it anyway. Captain kind of looked at him, a little bewildered, a little offended. But George Mueller said, Captain, I've known my Lord for 57 years, and there's never been a single day when I failed to get an audience with the king. Get up and open the door, and you'll see that the fog is gone. Captain got up, opened the door, and the fog was still there. No. Opened the door, and the fog was gone. And on that Saturday afternoon... George Mueller kept his engagement as he had promised. Why? Because he believed when he prayed, prayed, no matter if it was to feed his orphans in the, in the orphanage or to remove the fog so he can make it to a meeting on time. He believed his prayers were important to his heavenly father. And every time he prayed, God heard and God sprung into action. Every time we pray, God hears, heaven gets involved but be warned, Satan's going to fight us. So pray without ceasing. Let us be persistent in prayer. 